Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show. Today is July 18th, 2023. And my name is Sean Tierney. I want to send a very happy birthday out to my granddaughter, Alexis, almost at driving age. So, um, but you don't need to get a car at this young. But in any case, uh, this morning, uh, we're going to take a look at all of the news in industrial automation like we do every morning that we have a show, a live stream now. And I'm actually testing out a new microphone to see if this will work. I know the overhead microphone, it works great, but you get a little echo from the room, right? And so even with all the soundproofing. So in any case, that's one of the things I'm testing out today. And uh, with that, I also want to talk about our sponsor today that makes this possible. And you know what? I need to mute my mic on my, my uh, sound on my computer because it keeps going ding, ding, ding. <laughs> In any case, um, let me get back to where we were. So theautomationschool.com, that's where I teach courses on PLC, HMI, and SCADA products. And that's what keeps the lights on, literally keeps the lights on. And uh, if you know anybody who's looking for training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. With that said, let's go ahead and take a look at our first news story this morning. And this is a uh, press release from the folks over at Maple Systems talking about their... Um, class one div two certified hmis and uh, these are seven inch models you know rated for class one div two and they have over 300 plc protocols installed on the unit or available for each unit including modbus um and uh you know protocols for ab siemens zumron mitsubishi and more so in any case i pulled up their uh, product page i was just curious to see what one of these things would cost and uh, you can see here that uh the seven inch uh, class one div two advanced HMI. This is not a stainless one, it's a black bezel, looks like it's plastic. This is $635 if you're not, uh, if you're not watching, if you're listening to the podcast. So pretty affordable. With that, let's go over to our next story. SICK announced recently their, uh, the availability of their mid range distance sensors, the DX80s. And uh, you know, these not only have a measuring range of as close as 50 millimeters to as far as 80,000 millimeters. They also have a 33 millisecond response time. They have outputs that can be current output or voltage output. So these are analog outputs. And uh, they also have IO link built in, which I think is really cool. Now the laser source is a class two red laser, if you need to know that. So I thought that was very interesting. If you want to know more, go ahead and check out uh, Six website. Uh, from there, we got an announcement from KUKA, two new products here. On the left, we see the KMR Izzy, I-I-S-Y. And this is a, uh, a uh, AMR with a robot arm on it. Very interesting product. So it could do maybe machine tending and also deliver products from uh, one machine to another. And on the right, we see the KMP1500P. This is uh, what I like to call a pallet mover. And uh, both of these are new products. And this article kind of goes through uh, what each of these were designed for. I thought it was impressive that uh, the uh, KMP1500P sports up to, can transport up to 1.5 tons of uh, product on a pallet. So uh, that's pretty impressive. I also like the ability to have a cobot arm on an AMR. Um, because, uh, you know, it can tend multiple machines, not just one, right? So in any case, from there, we go over to a new article from Profi International. 
Um, it's the Profi News new articles, new products of July 2023. And uh, I'm just going to hit some of the highlights here. One of them is that Belden has launched three new digital I.O. modules, digital I.O. modules in their LionX line. Um, they already had I.O. Link Masters in that line. These new modules include digital I.O. and uh, they offer Profinet protocols. They also support OPC UA, MQTT, COPE, and REST. So very interesting there. Uh, another thing I wanted to take a look at is uh, Core. Let's see if I can say this correctly. Cora Engine. Coriva Engine. All right, so they are released uh, two new uh, products here. One's hardware. It's uh, a real-time location system beacon, and this hardware is designed to um, meet the OMLOX RTLS standard. They also released some new tracking technology software as well for OMLOX. Um, from there, we go down to some new ProfiSafe uh, encoders from TR Electronics. So if you're using ProfiSafe and you're looking for some ProfiSafe encoders, check out their CDV582 SIL rated encoders. And with that, you know, I couldn't help. We know I missed, I didn't do the show in uh, June, but I really wanted to know what was new for June. So I pulled up the June um, new products from Profi News, and there's a couple of uh, good ones here. We have a pocket coder to configure IO Link devices starting at $150 from, um, I think it's from Pocket Coder is the name of the company. There's no E in coder, if you're listening. Um, we also had Phoenix Contact release some new uh, IO uh, modules for IP6567 installation, what I like to call on-machine IO. And um, these units uh, support, you know, include units that have digital ins, digital outs, as well as IO Link masters all on Profinet. So very interesting there. Of course, we have IOLink Safety. The new IOLink Safety Standard is out. And uh, there are already companies making products for it, like Phoenix Contact. They have their IO Box that integrates uh, safe sensors and actuators into IOLink systems. And not only did I leave my speaker on on my PC this morning. This is live TV, right? I also forget to silence my phone. I hear it dinging over there, so... That's what it is. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, we also have some new products from Mettler Toledo. Now, we're hoping to have them on the podcast a couple times this summer to talk about a couple different products. But this particular one is a load cell with IO Link uh, built in. And this is the SLP33XD. And now somebody's calling me. <laughs> so we're just going to walk over there and silence it. And um, this is what happens, you know, this is, this is uh, live TV. What are you gonna do, right? So in any case, uh, where were we? Okay, so these load cell, uh, load cells with IO link from Metla Toledo, they um, are for high speed weighing applications and um, they can, let's see here, 200 updates per second, that's what I was looking for. So very interesting there and a new product from uh, Metla Toledo. And the last one I want to cover for today, you can see all the different ones here uh, at the link that I'll be putting up later today. The links are at automate.news. Um, this is an indicator and converter, and they make them for IOLink and Profinet. So you bring in your raw data. This can actually record the value, calculate, you know, run a calculation, evaluate it, display it, you know, scale it, display it and then forward it with an analog output. Or 
use an IO link or forward it over Profinet. So very interesting product from Montrana. So from there, we go over to four new products from SMC. We have a new longer life cycle. Now this is a dual rod uh, cylindrical series. We have talked about one of these earlier in the year. Uh, one of the things I love about SMC is they're constantly trying to make their products better. They're constantly re-engineering them to make them more efficient to manufacture and add more features and make them better for the customers too, all without trying all with trying to not change the price, keep the price the same. So that's one of the things I love about that company. And this particular unit we're talking about is part of the CXS2 family. So from there, we go over to the Valve Manifold Integrated Ejector System. Uh, this is, let's see if I can see it here. It's part of the JSY1000-E series. This supports EtherCAP and it's a compact all-in-one manifold system. So um, you can see a picture here, it looks very cool. And from there, we go over to a new membrane air dryer. This is part of their IDG-D series. And last but not least, we have a new speed controller with pilot check valve. And this is part of their ASP series. So hopefully if you're using any type of pneumatics in your system, this will be helpful to you. With that, we go over to our featured product. Today I'm featuring my PanelView Plus course this is uh, available in two versions. One version, the PanelView Plus Basics Plus course, comes with next year's edition for free. It's called Ultimate PanelView Plus. And I look forward to getting back to this. I'm currently right now working on updating the PLC courses, and uh, that's a lot of fun. And um, I'm looking forward to doing this one next year and just making it much, much longer and in-depth. But besides, when you purchase this course or when you enroll your employees in this course, not only do you get lifetime access to the course, I answer questions every workday up on the automationschool.com. So, um, you know, I have constantly have people bring in, they run into new things in the field. Maybe I didn't cover in the course or maybe I did and they forgot about it. So I'm constantly up there answering questions and it helps me because it gives me an idea of what I can add to the next generation course next year. So that's our featured product for today. Up next is a great article from DigiKey. Now they typically write great articles over there and a lot of them have to do electronics, but a lot of them have to do with industrial automation. And this article here is about IO-Link. It's like an introduction to IO-Link. So if you've never used IO-Link before, or if you do have IO-Link in your facility and you're looking for, um, you, know, um, you know, something to give one of your newer people who haven't had a chance to learn it yet, this would be a great place to start. I thought they did an excellent job going through IO-Link. They use a lot of banners, uh, equipment as examples. Which, but the, the article is product diagnostic, but uh, we've had Banner on the show many times and uh, they're one of our favorite vendors. So it's good to see them uh, teaming up with uh, DigiKey. And uh, in any case, um, they do a very good job covering IO Link from scratch there. Uh, we also have another excellent article in AnyBuses series about OPCUA. So this article really taught, you know, it's kind of a Q&A article. And some of the questions they ask the uh, the author are, what are the benefits of OPCUA? Does OPCUA help companies save money? Um, can you provide a couple of practical benefits and use cases of OPCUA? And what do you think the future holds for OPCUA? So I thought it was a very interesting article. And um, if you're interested or using OPCUA, you might want to check it out. Uh, Stahl has an excellent article today about Ethernet APL, and I thought they did a very good job. Now, this is also in a Q&A, 
So there's uh, five fairly long questions and very long answers, in-depth answers about Ethernet APL. And um, I really think, you know, it's a perspective article. So some of this is the author's perspective, but I thought it was a very good article. If you've been following Ethernet APL like I have or Twisted Peer Ethernet, then uh, you'll definitely want to check out this article from the good folks over at Stahl. From there, we go to some news that uh, from Profi News um, about Ethernet APL. And I think they make a very good case here. When we're talking about Ethernet APL, a lot of times people start thinking about maybe Ethernet IP or ProfiNet or Modbus TCP, and they're not thinking Ethernet, right? And so it's important to realize, and they make a really good point in this article about this, that the beauty of Ethernet APL, right? Advanced physical layer, is that it's just that. It's just Ethernet. That means you can run multiple protocols over it. On you know They can coexist on the same wire, and that's very important. So in their use case, they're saying, well, you could run Profinet protocol over Ethernet APL in parallel to OPC UA and MQTT. Now that's really cool. So if you have a PLC that has, let's say Profinet on it, and it also is serving up data via OPC UA, or like we just saw last week with Mark Berger, they have their Simicode devices, right? That have the OPC uh, server built into it. So um, it, may not, it may not be a PLC, it may be something else that, is being controlled over Ethernet with Profinet or some other protocol, but it may also support OPC. So because Ethernet APL, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, an advanced physical layer, a twisted peer Ethernet that has a lot of uh, standards behind it, right? And uh, especially for, for uh, hazardous locations and other process industry, but it's just Ethernet. So you can run multiple protocols. So I thought this article did a a really good uh, introduction to that. I wish the other Ethernet folks would write articles like these guys do. Um, you know, I'm talking about Ethernet IP um, and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, ODVA. Some of them, they just never have new articles. But uh, in any case, this was a really good one. Um, from there, we go over to an article from Uni Universal? Universal Robots. I can say that correctly. And it's why let machines do... machine. Why letting... Robots do machine tending. Let's see if I can read this correctly. Why letting the machines do the tending will open the door to the next industrial revolution. So in other words, they're talking about cobots tending machines. Um, with that said, I thought, uh, you know, they, I think it's a little premature to talk Industry 5.0, but I know a lot of people out there are. They talk about it in this article. I think it was an excellent article, by the way, if you're interested in this topic. But I do see, you know, with people retiring, and a younger generation that's more technical, it's really hard to find people to tend machines, right? And, you know, really, you know, uh, experienced people who are gonna, you know, keep an eye on all the specifics and technicalities that come into not only tending a machine, but inspecting the parts going in and out and so on. So I definitely see Cobots uh, tending machines really rapidly growing. I know in the future, all the machines that cannot be automated like a pick and place line, um, we'll probably have their own cobots or an option to add a cobot at the factory. And uh, that's great. You see this with very large industrial robots right now, but I definitely see it happening uh, also with cobots. But in any case, uh, right now there are millions upon millions of machines out there and there are a uh, lack of operators to tend them. And so I definitely see cobots expanding and growing over the next decade and more. And um, I thought this was a very interesting article on that subject. From there, we go over to another great article from the folks over at OnLogix. We are in talks with them. In fact, I owe them an email. 
We are in talks with them to have them on the show, maybe possibly sponsor some of our shows. But in any case, they are an IPC, industrial computer manufacturer. And uh, this is a great article on nukes. Okay, so if you're not familiar with it, about 10 years ago, Intel came up with the idea of a nuke, right? And a nuke is a tiny PC, right? It's an all-in-one PC that's very small. And it's not just the uh, ITX, the mini ITX standard, right? And so what they do in this article is they go through and really describe the uh, what a nuke is, why Intel developed it. Other people weren't developing it, so they ended up developing and selling their own mini PCs. And what the status of nukes are, now that Intel is not going to manufacture their own mini PLCs, I'm sorry, mini PCs anymore. So I thought it was a very interesting article. There were some other articles I found on nukes this uh, yesterday, but um, this one was really the best and it covered everything where some of the other articles didn't. They were a little bit more shallow. But in any case, I thought it was a great article. And uh, nukes are here to stay. So, uh, you know, if you need something that can run x86 type code, Windows uh, type operating system, then, uh, you know, and you need it small and efficient and inexpensive, you're probably going to be looking at an industrial nuke. So uh, check that out if you're interested. Uh, we also have some uh, news from Profi News. Okay, so this is the third time I've had them up here, but, um, or fourth. But uh, in any case, uh, they announced that they have a signing service for the GSD files. Now, I think we're all familiar with signed firmware and the importance of making sure that the files you get and use in your automation system come from the vendor untampered. And so, you know, back in the 90s when DeviceNet first came out, we would use uh, the EDS files. And uh, sometimes the vendor would send you one that was old, it didn't have all the features or just didn't play in work. Ran into that many times. Um, so it's important to make sure you have not only a file from the vendor that hasn't been tampered with, you know, but uh, that works, right? And so with this uh, new service, you can get your GSD files for Profinet products um, that are signed, right? So you're sure they're, that they come from the factory and they're not tampered with. So I think that's a good step for the industry. From there, we go over to, and I just add this article here because I just thought it was interesting. This article is from Weibo Systems and it's about BNR and how they have standardized on code meter for licensing. So if you're a rock automation user, you're probably familiar with code meter, all the new licensing. I understand it. If I understand it correctly, I should say, is using code meter, all the stuff I bought years and years ago. So I'm still on the flex LM uh, licensing, but um, in any case, uh, I understand if I understand it, all the new stuff is code meter. And so I just thought it was interesting that BNR has also standardized on that. I really don't know much about the, uh, about the code meter product. From there, I want to go to updated versions. Now, Ignition has a great uh, uh, series of updates where they're adding uh, new features for users, which I love, right? A lot of products, they just had bug fixes. They never had any new features or any new features of mention. But uh, one thing about this release, the Ignition 8.1.29 from Inductive Automation, um, this is the article that has all the new features in it, but they actually had to rev it to 0.30 already. So you won't be able to download 2.9. You'll have to jump right to 3.0 because there was a bug inside of 2.9. But in any case, that happens with everybody, right? So uh, they improved the web UI so uh, unauthorized users could not stop important scripts that were running in the background. They added data types. And they here they're saying they added these data types to support the S7 from Siemens. Uh, they added a date and time as well as the LREAL and LINT. Now, 
One of the things I show, I'll take a little uh, umbrage with them on this. One of the things I show on my S7 PLC course is that if you take the IC61131-3 standard, the data types, and you compare it to the supported data types, let's say in the S7-1500, you'll, you'll be hard to find any difference. I mean, the S7-1500 seems to support everything right out of the specification and more, but everything right out of the specification. And so I take a little uh, uh, um, a different stance than they do that, hey, you know, Siemens has weird data types or different data types, and so we want to support them. It's more that they're supporting so many data types from the standard that a lot of other people have to play catch up. And if we look at Rockwell, they just recently released a rev which added the longer uh, date and time data types and added some of the longer values, right? The longer reels and or what we might call a double reel or a double dent, right? Or a long dent. Um, so in any case, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see. It would be nice if all the vendors out there who make programmable controllers could support all the data types in the IEC 61131 standard, but it's good to see people like Rockwell and, uh, you know, Inductive trying to catch up, and especially because Inductive has to support Siemens, and because Siemens, uh, this S7-1500 especially, supports all those data types, um, it's good to have more support in your SCADA package. With that, there's some other great stuff. Path, property, button, um, the drop-down min-max. This is something we used to play with back in the 90s with VB a lot. Um, it's very important to be able to control the drop-down, the length, you know, what it shows, right? Sometimes you'll have a very long list. I remember uh, one creamery had a bunch of different flavors that they had to choose which one they were going to run in production to set up some recipes in the control system. And it was a very long list, so they didn't want to show all of them because they all want to fit on the screen. But in most cases, you do want to show all of them. So you want to make this list, this drop-down list, show them all to get rid of the uh, the scroll bar because... A lot of times operators won't see the scroll bar, especially back in the day. You know, they weren't so familiar with computers. And so, um, you know, if you didn't show them all of them, they may not find the one you, they were, you, that you wanted them to find. They may be like, hey, this thing doesn't work. It doesn't have the option, et cetera, et cetera. So that's good. Uh, some new things with the alarm status and the from address for email notifications, some gateway updates, U, uh, OPC UA updates, scripting updates, and so on. So if you're using... Uh, ignition from Inductive. Check out that uh, version. Again, it is version 8130 now. From there, we go to a new version from Obviously MDT of their Octoplant software. So we are trying to get them on the show to tell us all about Octoplant. We've had them on previously to talk about autosave. So I'd love to know about this new product, especially as we saw recently, they added some, uh, there's some new features in there that you wouldn't typically think of, you know, a backup or, and restore type uh, software. But in any case, if you're running Octoplant uh, version 101.2.3 is available and you can click on this button to find out more. From there, we go to Automation ML. Now, I don't know very much about Automation ML. There is a new zip file with all the new standards available. This is their application recommendations and automation product configuration standard. Brand new of July of 2023, it's version 1.4.0. I don't know much about them. And, um, oh, I thought I had the other page up, I don't. But in any case, it's a lot of standard-based stuff to deal with um, uh, sharing data from different configurators in the automation space. So if you want to know more, check out that link over at automate.news, it'll be up shortly. Um, over at Software Toolbox, there's a new video on uh, using their OPC router, specifically using authentication with REST APIs. 
Now, um, if you're not using this OPC router, I don't know if you'll be very much into this, but if you are, I thought the video was good. You just may have to play at one and a half at two speed because it's, it's um, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But in any case, they have a, a great example where they use Spotify to get information and compare it in the router. And I thought they did a good job, even if it was a little slow and I had to speed it up. From there, we go over to events. Now, this first event is in seven days. It's on July 25th at 2 p.m. Eastern. And it's from Horner um, Automation. Now, they're not the biggest name out there in automation products, PLCs, HMIs, and whatnot. But I thought this was very interesting because they're going to be showing how to use the Banner GPS receiver with their control systems. And I thought that was very interesting because typically you not only get position with GPS, but you get some very accurate time, right? So you can do time synchronization and whatnot. So you may find this interesting. So I wanted to share that. Cognix also has an event coming up on the 26th. Now, this sounds very familiar. I may have talked about this uh, last week or the week before last, but uh, well, it would have had to have been the week before last, right? So, um, so it's called Solve Your Next Automotive automotive application with easy to use automation. And uh, really it talks about, you know, using machine vision, barcode reading and edge technologies to eliminate defects, verify assembly and track components. That could be any discrete manufacturer. It just doesn't have to be automotive, right? But in any case, this is on July 26th at 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, it's a free, another free webinar from the great folks over at Cognex. And then we have one from Pills. This is calculating safety distance distances, <laughs> calculating safety distances on Thursday, July 27th at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern. So, um, or 11 a.m. Central. So in any case, you know, it's very important when you're, you're picking out a, a, a light curtain or a safety light curtain or some other safety device to be able to calculate your safety distance, right? So if somebody walks through that safety light curtain, right? You need to make sure that you can stop the machine before they can get their hand or any other part of their body in, a, in, in the machine when there's dangerous motion happening, right? And so all of the vendor safety vendors have these type of webinars, but because I noticed this one is coming up quickly, I wanted to share it with you again. It's PILS, Calculating Safety Distances, and it's Thursday, July 27th. And with that, if you think I missed any news today in the morning show, uh, please use the, the uh, link over at theautomationblog.com or automate.news and send in the news tip. You can um, choose whether or not you want me to mention you as the source. And I know some vendors have contacted me about maybe coming on the show and talking about different products. A lot of times they say, let me come on the automation, uh, the automation morning show. We don't actually have, uh, because we try to keep this fast and get it out every single morning. We don't actually have any guests on at this point. Maybe when we have a whole studio and we have a bunch of staff, we will. But in any case, we do are always looking for folks to come on the Automation Podcast. We have Rockwell this afternoon. We have uh, so many people in the calendar, including Mitla Toledo and other people, um, um, some robotic companies. So we got a, a whole bunch of people coming up over the coming weeks to uh, come on the Automation Podcast. And we're always looking for more. So in any case, um, I wanted to share that with you. Um, just want to thank the automationschool.com. Uh, those are the folks who sponsored this morning's show. They keep the lights on. That's why we're able to do what we do. And I love uh, helping my students up there who ask questions every day. And um, and I'm enjoying filming the uh, while doing the pre-work for filming the updated PLC courses. Not the S7 course because that one I just filmed, but all of the Allen Bradley courses I have and some new ones that are available for pre-order, the PLC 5 and Slick 500. 
So I'm re refilming them in a very modular approach and you'll start seeing new lessons come out shortly. Uh, with that, uh, if you want to join the community, automation.locals.com, you can. It costs one cup of coffee every month to be part of the community. You can ask me anything you want. If it's something I know about, like Panel View Plus, Control Logics, S7, I'll try my best to answer you. And uh, I also post, you know, insider things here, and we're going to start doing uh, member-only live streams as well. So in any case, that's automation.locals.com. And uh, also, uh, you know, everything at the automationblog.com, over 1,500 articles and videos, it's all free. However, if you want some of that for offline use, you can actually pick it up. And we have two eBooks. We have one on Control Logics, one on Compact Logics. We also have video collections. Um, you can get everything on USB for the first five seasons of my shows for 35 bucks or 30 digitally. And yes, if you get the digital edition, it's lifetime streaming and downloads. And then we have collections if you're only interested in a particular product. Like if you just want the 10 hours of shows I did on the S7 PLC, you can get that for $9.99. I think in a previous show I said $99, but no, $9.99 for a lifetime copy of that. And my plan is to add any new shows I do on the S7 to that collection over time. And um, I'm actually preparing a collection too. And I only get so many uploads per, per week uh, with my plans. So... I usually wait towards the end of the week after I've uploaded all the podcasts and all the automation morning shows and all that and see what bandwidth I have left. But eventually you'll see the, the beginnings of the collection too, which you'll be able to get early um, for much less expensive than the final price, which will be again $30, I think. But in any case, in addition to those collections, we have um, a lot of different uh, uh, things in our shop here. If you go to shop and you go to merchandise shop here, and you go to, uh, you can see all the different products we have available. I'm just going to click here to see all the merchandise. Um, and then you'll see all the different coffee cups we have designed by yours truly. T-shirts. Um, uh, I had a lot of fun designing these. I want to have a, a lot of ideas for new shirts. But this uh, particular one is the um, Logics. Uh, Ladder Logic. Made a Ladder Logic be with you. Uh, kind of sci-fi shirt. Let me see if I can bring that up bigger. And you can see that there. So um, a lot of different things up there. If uh, you want to support us that way, feel free to. And with that, I just remind you that after I finish uh, the, sh the live show this morning, after we get all the um, different uh, recorded versions done, rendered and uploaded and published, I will then come up here and start adding from the very last article through the first article. I'll start adding all of those links up here at automate.news. And the reason I start with the last one is because I really want the flow here, like you can see yesterday, to get this flow to start with the, you know, for the first thing at the top to be the optics panel and the K100 basic beacon. You know, I want these to be ordered in the list I covered them. So the last one, the newest one, shows up on top. So if you come up, you see the links and you say, oh, those only have the links and those are the towards the later end of the show. That's because I have to add them in reverse order. It's because the last one added shows at the top. Right. So all of those links you can find here. I am uh, hoping you'll see a lot of times I don't put the vendor like Rockwell Automation or Banner or Siemens in here because I'm hoping to be able to add that underneath. I do add it to every link, but uh, right now it's only showing like product news or publications or articles. I want to get that other tag or category to show up to show you the vendor right now you can sort by content. So if you wanted to see all the articles up there since I restarted the show, um, um, after the, uh, the spring break, you can filter by those. Um, I just don't have the vendor filtering, filtering working yet. 
So everything in time, right? It's a, it's a journey. It's not the destination. And with that, that I believe is the end of our show. I want to thank you all for watching. And, um, you know, I know it's live. I make mistakes, but I hope you enjoy it anyways. And I want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.